And welcome back to the 126 Pod. We would like to welcome three-time Indiana Basketball Coaches Association Coach of the Year, Chris Johnson, to the pod. Coach, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Jackson and Howie, for having me. So my dad and I want to talk to you about some of the teams throughout your career. But can we first go back to, to how you got started? Coaching seems to be part of your family, with your brother also being a great high school coach in South Bend. But when did you know you wanted to be a high school basketball coach, and what was your first job in coaching? Well, the, it all began watching my brother. Uh, I remember uh, going to his games when he was an assistant at uh, South Bend LaSalle under uh, George Griffith. He was the head coach at that time. My brother was the assistant coach. And I remember specifically um, going to a college or a high school basketball game, semi-state, where South Bend LaSalle played the Plymouth Pilgrims and the uh, NBA great, college great, Scott Skiles. He was Mr. Basketball oh, yeah. back in 82, 83. I can't remember exactly when that was. Maybe it was 81. I can't remember. Um, but it was around that time. Um, I was still in high school. And I just, you know, the atmosphere, the uh, the excitement of uh, high school basketball was phenomenal. And I knew right then that I wanted to uh, get into education and try to be a uh, head coach someday. Um, you know, I guess fast forward, my first uh, assistant coaching job was under Paul Fry at, at Elder High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, from 89 okay. to 92. Um and then I was fortunate enough to uh, hook on with uh, Jim East, the late, uh, great Jim East, Indiana All-Star basketball coach for two years at Maryville High School in Maryville, Indiana. Um, again, I, you know, I seemed like I, I always followed and it was on my, my brother's coattails because uh, he was an assistant under Jim East when, or helped out with Jim East when uh, Jim East was a head coach at Connersville high school in Connersville, Indiana. And that was about 20 minutes yeah. from where I grew up with Brookville, Indiana. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate to where he, my brother knew Jim. I was able then to hook on, become an assistant coach, get back to Indiana from Elder High School uh, to where I was an assistant for two years. My brother was a head coach at, at Dwanger High School from 84 to 88. And when that job opened up, uh, the uh, Fred Tone and Andy Johns gave my brother a call and asked him if he knew of anybody that would like uh, that position. And my brother mentioned my name, and uh, I was fortunate enough where I became the head coach at Dwanger High School back from uh, 94 to 99. And then after that, um, I got the head coaching job at uh, Homestead High School from 99 to present. So, uh, again, uh, uh, very fortunate that I've, I've Worked under the tutelage of uh, Jim East, Paul Fry, two uh, all-star coaches. I learned a lot from them. I uh, was able to, to, you know, pick their brain and watch how they do things and watch how they did a, a big-time high school program. And then fortunate enough to where I was able to step into a program like Dwenger and then from there to be able to go um, and have some success at Homestead High School from there. So, well, thank you. Thank you for that. I was, I was curious about the Dwanger ties and how you, how you ultimately ended up in Fort Wayne. And I, I didn't know that your brother was a coach there um, before you. So that's, that's, really, that's pretty wild. I want to, I want to get to the 96 team and talk about that group here in a minute. But when you first came to Dwanger, you inherited a pretty athletic group right away. Was that, the, was that the team with like Kevin Coretta and Nick Lake in some of those no that was that, that was the year after that that team went to okay. the semi-state that year um under Dietz coach Dietz yes. who then went on okay. to uh I believe Concord and that's what opened yeah. up that position at Dwenger um so those guys graduated but I inherited a, a good group of kids uh, BJ Coretta yeah. uh, Kevin's brother uh was, a, was going to be a junior that year and I think we ended up something like 17-7, 17-6. I, for, I forget exactly what it was. We ended up getting beat by Fort Wayne Northside in the sectional final. They beat us three times that year. Um, they had uh, Keon Brooks, whose son plays at the University of Kentucky now. Keon yeah. Sr. played at Wright State. Um, but they had a very good 
team. Ty Wynn. Um, Ty Wynn was on that Ty team. Ty Wynn. Robert. Yep. Ty Wynn was part of that. Yep. Um, and I, I forget the, the, the friend's name. Vinny had a friend on that team that ended up, I think he, he sang. I remember going to a, uh, down at a, you know, a pub downtown Fort Wayne. And I went with Vinny and where this guy sang, but I forget what his name is. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's sad. Uh, he, you know, I'm 56 years old. <laughs> I'm starting to lose my memory though, my man. <laughs> yeah. He lives I think he lives uh, yeah, I mean, by Coventry. Was it, uh, yes. oh, gosh. Was, <laughs> was it, I forget what his name was. was Roberts? No. Mc, uh, Roberts. I think. Yeah. Roberts sounds from Corey Roberts. That's it. That is it. Yeah. But he was a, a very good <laughs> ball player. I mean, they were tall, yeah. long. Um, and, uh, you know, we had most of them, that group then come back as seniors on the 96 team with uh, Helmer and, and Couch, Coretta. Uh, Bobby Wallace, Bobby Wallace, Bobby Wallace. Uh, you know, I, I've lost touch. I just saw Andy Helmer. He lives down in Indianapolis, and I saw him when we took a team uh, this summer down to Carmel to play uh, in a shootout, and he came over to watch with his two young kids. Um, and it was good to see him and, and you know talk a little bit about you know the old times and how some of those guys are doing. Um, but just a, a great group of young men, uh, you know, now they're older and they're in their forties now, but, uh, but at that point in time, you know, very fortunate, you know, you have a, a I considered myself a kid at that time, what would I have been 30 years old, uh, being able to go to, you know, the final game of the semi-state in my second year. And that was before class basketball. Um, and that's when it was, you know, really, uh, you know, big time in Indiana again, uh, you know, everybody has their opinion with class basketball, and I'm sure, you know, the a lot of people enjoy class basketball. But uh, I remember the, the good old days when uh, the Coliseum was sold out. I remember that semi-state game, and people were begging for tickets um, and just, you know, walking out into that atmosphere, into that crowd uh, was something that I'll never forget. So you just unpacked like my, so I wrote like a, a half a page of notes and it was just on exactly what you just said. So <laughs> like, I remember, I remember Chris getting dropped. So I'll go back a little bit. Cause that was, thank you for that. That was terrific. My first year of varsity basketball at Lures was in 96. So I remember we always played Dwanger right before Christmas. It was right. right after like our Christmas dancers. So we, I remember in my, I'm maybe, <laughs> Uh, maybe 150 pounds. I think I'm supposed to guard one of those guys you just mentioned. There. <laughs> and we run out and it's, and it's, they're playing the Saints go marching in and the place is packed uh, to the right. wall. And then we're going out for the tip and it's those guys you just mentioned, Helmer, Wallace, Rich Coretta. And right. then I think I realized how good I wasn't at that very moment as soon as the ball got tipped. Yeah. And we, and we started going, that was a terrific team. How much, how much fun was it to coach that group? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I've been very fortunate, um, you know, to be able to start off with a team like that. You know, most people, you know, have to go years before they find a team like that. And I was fortunate enough to where, you know, in my first and second year, I had those group of um, young men that uh, that they knew how to play the game of basketball. They were they were strong. They were physical. Uh, they were unselfish. Uh, they 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 wanted to win and it showed. And, and uh, again, I, I'm not crazy enough being in this business as long as I've been in it. Uh, you need the, the horses and the players around you. Otherwise you're not going to win. Um, and I've been very fortunate that I've had that. I've had the success because I've had the players that, that buy in and want to work hard uh, to, to be successful. And um you know, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, I'll say my thank yous to all however many years I'll be in it then at that time, 28. I think I got another hopefully four years, three years after this year. That'll get me to 60 years old, and then we'll see where it takes me from there. Did that uh, – so I, I, I would get dropped off at the Coliseum, to your point about the ticket thing. I think some – I forget I think forget whose mom would drop us, a few of us guys off, and we would stay there basically the whole day. And we would just hang out mm -hmm. at the Coliseum and watch right. the games, the warmups, and we'd sneak down and try to get as low as we could. That was um, that was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm trying to remember back to that that run that you all had in '96. Did you 
did you play it's some i'm forgetting i'll screw up the order but Southside, decalb and then ultimately warsaw is that somewhere in, in whatever order uh i'm trying to think um i think we won we won the sectional um, yeah i think we beat snyder and you know okay. the funny thing and that's how difficult i mean i don't think people have realized how difficult it is uh to be able to go forward, to be, to be able to have success because we beat Snyder in the regular season, I think by 30, close to 35, 40 points, maybe it was a tie ball game with a minute left. Um, and we were fortunate. I think Coretta hit a, a, a jump shot to where, you know, we eventually, you know, took the lead and was able to hold on the lead, but that was tooth and nail, uh, that, you know, that whole game. Um, then after that, we played, uh, Southside in the morning game, I believe. Yeah. It was a great Southside game. Southside in the morning regional game. Phenomenal game. Cam Stevens, uh, Omar Cooper, who is now Adrian Reese coach, yeah. uh, at Lawrence North. He helps out, uh, okay. he's a JV coach at Lawrence North. His boy, I think his name is Omar Cooper Jr. Uh, is a big time football player that I think is going to IU. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, but I mean, I remember, uh, that, that, uh, you know, going back, it was the, I think we played them in the last game. It was for a conference championship sold out mm-hmm. at Dwanger high school. I mean, they shut the doors. They couldn't let anybody else in. Um, but they were, that was when, uh, Cam Stevens and those guys came out and, you know, they had athletic directors back in the day that let kids do this stuff. Well, now everybody's a, a nervous wreck when somebody goes up and touches the rim, you know, in, in, in like pregame or, you know, during a JV game. Uh, at halftime, they would go in and they were warming up. But they were doing uh, like a, a dunk contest to where, I mean, I was a nervous. I don't think we had kids that could touch the rim. And then I'm being facetious there. I mean, I you know, Helmer and those guys sure. could. But, I mean, we didn't go up and really – you know, slammed down a bunch of dunks or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it was, it was nerve wracking thinking, man, I mean, here we are going to try to, you know, beat this team. We were fortunate enough to beat that team in the, in the regular season. And then we beat them, uh, first game. And then we played Luke Recker and those guys in the, uh, regional championship game. Um, another great game. Jeremy Feaster is on that team. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they had a phenomenal group. They went to the semi-state, I believe the following year. Uh, with that group of kids and um and then we beat uh kokomo right who i think at that time was number two in the state mm-hmm. and um they were you know picked to, to win it i mean as far as precede i don't know who they ended up getting they got beat by us but they got beat by one team in the uh in the uh regular season i forget who it was that beat them and that's the reason we knocked them off at number one uh, before going into the uh, to the postseason, and then we uh, got beat by Warsaw. Um, and, and and again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have called a timeout. Um, Coretta went down with a sprained ankle. Yeah, uh, we we just took the lead uh, in the fourth quarter. And you know, looking back, I should have called a timeout, get him all taped up, and then try to get him back in there. But uh, you know, by the time we got him in, I think we were down five and. The, it was just too tough to uh, come back and and uh, to win that game, but so a lot of, of course, great memories. Oh, sorry, keep going. Yeah, I mean, just a lot yeah. of great oh. memories, Howie, and um, you know, I, I I give my thanks to them for giving me my start. So over the course of a week, you played the future Mister Basketball next year in Luke Recker, the runner-up, mm-hmm. or the I think he finished third, Cam Stevens, and the guy who actually won it that year in Kevin All. I don't know yes. if that's if there's a run like that in the state, and I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have the stats. So I'm not going to research right. this, but it just seems like a pretty, a pretty, uh, a pretty impressive uh, run to try to get through. That's a, that was well. A- I mean, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it was it was extremely tough. Uh, and you know, being a an athlete, you've got to be good, but you also have to be lucky. And you know, the the basketball gods were on our side a lot that year, and. And especially, uh, you know, you, you have to win those close ones. But, you know, our kids knew how to win. They knew how to, uh, you know, win those tight ones. And, and again, I, all the credit goes to them. 
So, would any of your Dwanger teams have won a state title if Indiana had class sports? We did not have class sports at that time. Um, I think class sports came on, Jackson, um, I believe it was 97. It was the year after or the year after that. I can't remember. It may have been 98. 98. Okay. Because 97, we won a sectional also. Um, And then when we went uh, class basketball, that would have been what my third or f- I would have been my fourth or fifth year at Dwanger. Oh, uh, we got Zach we Walker, and Tony by- Gray team. Yes, uh, I think we got beat by Belmont, I believe, if I recall that correctly. Um, so, I don't know if that was during would, the time they had Cole Clazier or not. I can't remember. Would you do you think if you had class basketball in '96? Would that team have won it? Well, I well, I, I I don't know that. I mean, because who did we end up? We ended up getting beat by Warsaw, so Warsaw would have, you know, been in that our same class. Uh, okay. No wait, no, they wouldn't have. I'm just thinking we would have been, been bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd have been bigger. So, uh, I I thought that was a phenomenal team. Um, uh, you know, and I, I say a lot to this day that today's kids would have a tough time beating that team. Um, and, and again, yeah. I I I can't sit here and and say one way or the other, it's tough to compare teams, but I know that uh, those guys were hard-nosed kids. We had the size. We had the strength. Uh, B.J. Coretta was uh, – I, I would put him in the top five of the type of players that I've had over my tenure uh, with just the, the type of player he was and uh, his mental toughness, his understanding of the game. Um, he, he was just a tough, hard-nosed kid. and. Uh, just made everybody else around him better. And that's, uh, that's a, a big time compliment to him. So a couple of years later, you took the Homestead job instead. How different was it coaching at Homestead versus Dwanger? Well, I don't know if it's really any different. Um, you know, basketball is basketball. You know, it's, a, it's now trying to establish a, you know, Dwenger was used to winning. I mean, they went, uh, you know, my brother took him to the semi-state in 88. Uh, Coach Dietz took him then to the semi-state in 95. Um, or was it 94? I'm sorry, 94. 95, we got beat in the sectional. 96, they went again to the semi-state. So, you know, the winning is contagious, Jackson and Howie. I mean, I, I think kids see that. They see what it's uh, all about, how hard you have to work. When I got to uh, Homestead, they they had some you know tough times. Um, uh, I think three or four years prior to me, they had losing records all the way throughout. I think the year before I got there, they were twelve and nine, and that was the first time of uh, having a winning record. I think in four or five years. Um, so you know it was a matter of going in there and getting kids used to you know the hard work and the effort. Um, you know, I just remember when I first got there, um, you know, when we'd have open gym, we wouldn't have 10 players that have open gym. I mean, it was basically, uh, a, a sport to where if there wasn't anything else to do, they would do it. And now, you know, we're, we're in a position now, 23 years later, after I started to where we get close to, uh, 40 to 45 kids at open gym, uh, every other night. So, uh, you know, I think that winning is contagious right now. We've been fortunate where we had a, a good run over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, in the 23 years of being a head coach there, we've only had two losing seasons. Um, we've won, you know, multiple conference championships along with sectionals and uh, a couple regionals and uh, a semi-state and a state championship back in, you know, 2015. So, um you know, these kids are, are, are great young men that are coming through. They, they see what it takes. They see the type of work you have to put in to be successful. And, uh, and hopefully they're proud to be a part of a, a team that's, you know, continuing with that tradition. Do you work with any of the youth coaches? Do you, do you have to share with them, here's kind of a, what we want to accomplish by this, or here's some goals or skilled stuff, or do they kind of have a down pat? Um, about, over, 10 over to 12, about 10 to 12 years ago, we took over the, uh, the, the Spartan Youth League. Um, and, you know, I didn't for a while do that because 
you know, here I am a new guy and I didn't want to come in and just, you know, bully through everybody. But eventually, uh, you know, one of the things that upset me because they would get angry with me because I wouldn't come to the, the Sunday league games. But one of the things that upset me about that then was they asked me my opinion about things. And I said, it's not good that third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade kids uh, are being taught just to sit back in a zone and not really teaching the fundamentals of the game of basketball. So eventually I, I said, you know, I, I want to take this over. And we did take it over um, to where now we went from my first year of doing it. We had uh, about 120 kids. This year we have up to 240, uh, in which I then turned people down uh, because 240 was the max that I could take with the amount of gym space, gym time that I had available for everybody. And we're looking at, uh, so you're looking at around 120 third and fourth graders that supported the league, uh, 80 fifth and sixth graders, and 40 seventh and eighth graders. And, um, you know, we have a, a coach's night where we kind of go over the rules, what the expectations are. And, you know, I know a lot of times Howie and Jackson, they, they you know, want to know exactly what the coach, you know, what are we running? What are we doing? And my philosophy of coaching is uh, I try to put in an offense. I try to do things that's going to benefit the player or the type of players that we have. I'm going to run that offense to benefit the team example with uh when we had swanigan and dana bat two kids that were you know six seven six eight six nine whatever they ended up being um you know we wanted to go to a little bit more of the high low like the kansas jayhawk offense under bill self mm -hmm. and you know I, I got some video on that to try to figure out what we can do to get them easy buckets around the basket when we stopped having those type of players uh, you know, with kids that could pick and pop to where they were very good. Like we had a five man and Brandon Durnell, just a phenomenal kid who ended up going to Spring Arbor, winning up a, a, a national championship up there and the NAIA level um, a few years back. He was more of a pick and pop type of player to where he can shoot the three consistently. So we wanted to drag the bigs away from the basket to make them have to guard our guards on the outside. When they would come and double him, they would either slip to the basket or pop for a, a, a three. So, you know, I don't get too much into uh, what a team has to run at the younger levels. I don't care about that. If they have a set or two that they want to throw in there, that's not mine. I could care less about that. The main thing is teaching the fundamentals of basketball offensively and defensively, make it fun make it to where kids want to continue to work hard to be uh, successful. And I, I don't get too worried about who got cut as a seventh and eighth grader. I understand it, as coaches, they want to, they want to win just like anybody else. But when you have a five foot eight kid who is already shaving and, and he's not going to grow anymore. And the only thing that he can do is make layups that, that kid uh, will never play at, at, you know, at the next level. He may as a freshman because he's so much stronger than everybody else, but by the time it's all said and done, if you're not working on those fundamentals, uh, a five foot eight center at Homestead High School is not going to cut it. <laughs> no, it will not. No. You, and, and that's what I no. think a lot of people, uh, you know, you see a lot of them to where, uh, you know, you hear parents, well, what happened to them? Well, I, again, you didn't work at your fundamentals. You didn't go out and shoot 200 to 300 shots a night to, to get a jump shot consistently. Um, and the only thing that you could do is just really out muscle everybody at that age. And, you know, eventually those kids that are, you know, not developed, they you are know, not shaving, not matured. Those kids who are working at their game, working on the fundamentals. will eventually pass them up. And that's the reason why I, I always tell our kids, you know, or in coaches, make it fun, teach the fundamentals. Don't discourage because you never know. Um, who's going to come up and be that next BJ Coretta, Bobby Wallace, uh, Andy Helmer, you know, some of the names, some of the few people that, you know, but, um, that's why I don't get too carried away at the younger levels, um, and, and worry about, cause I feel like we can find, and what I always look for, Howie, if I, if I can find anywhere from four to five, three to five kids per class 
that are good, that understand the game of basketball, that are fundamentally sound, I think I can throw a competitive team out there. That's great stuff. I want to go back to 2015 uh, and the team you mentioned, some of the guys on that team. What Was there a turning point? I mean, obviously, when you have Caleb Swanigan walk through the door, the future first-round NBA draft pick, I mean, there's there's some advantages, and you have you have some of the, the horses there. But was there a turning point with that team, a game, a moment to where you then knew that this was something that could really be special, or did you just have it from the from the get-go once we you threw them up in October? Well, the well, the year before we went to the semi-state, and those kids, yep. uh, Skoranek and uh, Taj Curry and um, uh, Biggie Swanigan, they were all sophomores on that team. Uh, so we had three sophomores because Biggie was a sophomore. He declared, uh, I don't know what is he, how you even declare that. Uh, he, he basically yeah. upped himself a grade, whatever that's called. I never heard of such a thing until that year, which peed me off, uh, because I, we could have probably won it two years in a row if, if he would have yeah. stuck around. Um, but that year went to, we went to the semi-state, got beat by Lake Central who went to the state, uh, um, and got beat, I believe, by I can't remember who they got beat by now, but uh, they they were in the state finals that year. We got beat by them. Um, then we had a transfer in Jordan Geist, who I didn't know who he was. I knew that the year before I watched Penn play Carroll, and that we were going to watch Carroll and scout Carroll. And I said to my coaching staff who was with me, I said, man, Penn has some good guards. Now, when I heard that Jordan Geis and his family was moving down here and they uh, enrolled into our school, I had no clue which which one of the three who he was. Um, but I knew that when we had him and then the, the people we had returning, um, with all that experience, I, I said to the coaching staff and my wife, it was if it was ever going to happen, uh, it had to happen this year because we had enough to uh, win it all. And, and again, we were fortunate enough to where the ball bounced our way very easily. We could have been beat multiple times. Um, but again, the basketball gods were on our side to where we were fortunate enough uh, to be able to beat a very good Evansville rights team uh, in overtime. And that uh, to this day, I don't care what anybody says that, and again, it's always better to be sitting on the winning side. But anybody that viewed that game, anybody that was a part of that game, they would I, I would I would beg to hear them say that that won one of the best high school basketball games ever seen and never played. That uh, so I've not seen it. I've just read the story and I've seen the highlights, uh, but I wasn't yeah. able to watch it. I think it may but be. Ever, I don't know if it'd be on YouTube or not, but. Um, if, we'll if try to you, find it. If you or, or email me tomorrow, and I will, I'll send you the link. But it, it was a back and forth, just a, a, a phenomenal game. I mean, it really was. It was exciting. I mean, a lot of points scored up and down. I think everybody thought that there's no way we could run with that team. Um, and I said all along, I mean, we tried to gear our teams up to where we can either grind if a team wants to grind with us or either run with us. And that's how I try to always make our, uh, you know, get our kids ready for either way. And, and I think that that's where a lot of teams struggle with the, you know, the tight, a lot of athletes where they're used to just getting easy buckets up and down type of basketball. Well, if a team takes that away from you, are they able to score in a half court? And, and that's what we always try to get our kids and, and get them to understand about the half court and how important that is because you're not always going to get easy buckets uh, in, in this, in, in the game of basketball. I will, I'm going to email you tomorrow. I want to watch that game. I got to check it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely send it to you. All right. Then I want you to call me, Howie, and let me know what you, uh, what your thought is, uh, regarding it. If you, if you think that or not, and you may, you may beg to differ, but I just thought it was a, a heck of a basketball game. I think it ended up being like 91 to 90 in overtime. Um, where, I mean, it was just back and forth the whole time. So I, I will call you. I'll, I'll follow up with you because in my head ingrained it maybe because I was just a young, I think I was 10 years old at the time.
Bailey game that Dad took the, took us down to to the the final four in the championship game against Concord in 1990 at the Hoosier Dome. I still have the ticket right. tab here in my office. So that was instilled in me as one of the best, but well, it was also I'm, 10 years old, so you're just biased, and the whole thing was set up and hey, the way it was. I, 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 well, again, I forgot about that. Um, I said one of the best. I never said the best. I said one <laughs> of the best. But, you know, yeah, I don't know how you take away, and, and you're right. I mean, that would bring chills. If I was at that game when, you know, you had, what, 40,000 people going to a high school basketball yeah. game? I mean, so, yeah, you're right about that, Howie. I mean, you, you can't throw that game away uh, whatsoever because uh, there was probably about 8,000 at our game. And, again, that's the difference between class basketball and what the state of Indiana used to be like, um, yeah. you know, when you had that. You know, it's just like when, uh, in uh, you know, we beat South Bend Riley, and that was my brother's team in the semi-state and not too many people, you know, talked about that, but if that that wasn't class basketball, you know, back in the day when you had two brothers going against one another, um, and that, if that would have been the final four, uh, that would have been talked about a lot also. Um, that's a, you know, that's a sports illustrated faces in the crowd, ESPN type of thing now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And again, it's, it's just not, it's not the same, but again, I'm not going to, you know, go back and forth with people. You know, there's yeah people that's going to, you know, say that class basketball is about to go and it, you know, that it wasn't fair that the one, a schools and all that type of stuff. But I just, you know, again, teach your own. I, I, I didn't coach a one eighteen, So who am I to say? And then when I sit here and say that I coached a three eighteen, they'll say, well, you were able to recruit because you were at a, a private school. I mean, I guarantee you, yeah, we never whatever. did go out and recruit anybody. Yeah, uh, you went to Lures. Uh, it may be different now. I don't know. I don't. I don't ask. I don't really care. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, we didn't go around and 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 beg an eighth grader. I don't know what you can say to an eighth grader about <laughs> you know begging them to come to to Dwanger. I mean, so you know, but everybody's going to have their opinion, and I'm not going to try to change their opinion. So you've had many of your players compete at the collegiate level. So, and you've had several of them playing major college basketball. What are the things that the college coaches ask you about the kid they are considering recruiting? Well, I mean, the main thing, Jackson, is, you know, the type of kid, are they coachable? Are they, you know, do they do the right thing? They make the right basketball play. Um, you know, I don't, I, they, they know they can play the game. I mean, they're not coming to ask, you know, my opinion about, you know, the coaching aspect of it. Um, but it's mainly, you know, the type of kid they are, you know, you know, are they, are they good students? Are they, are they coachable? Um, do they play hard? I mean, they, they, they know they're going to, a lot of times they see them at the AAU level and that's where they, you know, they, they hear about these kids. Um, but I think, you know, that's the most part. It was fun, especially uh, with Swanigan when, you know, you have Calipari from Kentucky. You have um, uh, Krzyzewski from Duke and Izzo and Painter and all these guys, you know, coming into your gym, um, you know, uh, wanting you know cool. a piece of uh yeah it is uh, and wanting to you know talk to swanigan and talk to me and uh you know it was just it, it was a fun time um and you know one that i'll never forget and uh it, you know, it was just it was, it was neat those guys and and you see why they get the type of players they get i mean they're just phenomenal people i mean they they they, they know how to they talk them up they know how to to communicate with uh, with coaches, with the kids. And, you know, that's the reason why they're big time um, and getting paid a lot of money doing their their job. Um, you know, but they've got to be able – it helps, you know, that it's Duke and Michigan State and Purdue and, and uh, Kentucky and, you know, those type of teams uh, because you're just the name alone and the tradition of those schools – you know, it helps kids at age, yes, at age 18, you know, wants to be a part of that. Yeah, no question. 
tell us about this year's team. We, I mean, we know about some of the accolades that, that Fletcher's getting, but um, tell us tell us how we look so far and, and what's it going to take for everyone to come together to make this a, a special season. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it starts with Fletcher Lawyer. you got a Mr. Basketball candidate that averaged about 25 a game last year. Just a phenomenal score. I mean, he understands the game. Um, he gets it. Uh, and and he, he can, you know, he doesn't look the part to where, you know, you're scared of him because of his physique. But uh, he can he can shoot it. He has his, his body control, his knowledge. Um He's a scorer. I mean, he really is. And uh, Coach Painter is getting a good one, and he knows that. Um, and uh, Coach Painter was there probably about a about a month ago. Was up at the gym, you know, making sure that everything was okay, and you know that he's ready to go. And and um, that he he has high hopes for him, even you know for coming in as a freshman. The way I understand it. Um, but it starts with him. Then we have the couple of leaper boys. One's a junior, one's a senior. Uh, Andrew's been starting for me since his sophomore year. We're expecting big things from him. You know, he's a he's getting uh, looks from you know Saginaw Valley, you know Hope College, those type of teams. Uh, same way with uh, Grant, uh, Hope College offered him. Also, they're both about six six, six seven. Um, and then you have the Kulpwicky kid, who's about six three, junior. He, he started some games for us last year, um, but the uh, we had a kid, a coping uh, kid that just, uh, you know, really came on strong. And, you know, we started going through that win streak with him, you know, playing well uh, against uh, when, when he played against Cathedral. And we, we put him in the starting lineup and then we, you know, just couldn't take him out because of the way he played. So, uh, but Kopwicki is now going to get his opportunity. And uh, then Grady Swing, who's about six three, um, he, he's a played JV on a JV varsity last year, and um, you know I think he's going to have a very good year. He's a senior this year. He's ready to go. He's physical. Uh, so we're long, um, but again, it's a, it's a matter of being able to, uh, you know, how are we going to do and match up against some of these, you know, bigger schools, uh, you know, that are our size also, but you know, like the Carmel. The Carmel team, who uh, is, is 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 a tough squad. I mean, they got a lot of good players on there, but that's the least of our worries right now. We do play them. I think the fourth game of the year, so we'll see how we match up a little bit. We played them this summer, able to beat them by uh, seventeen eighteen down at the uh, Charlie Hughes Classic uh, or shootout, and uh, but they didn't have the Suter kid, who is a this will be a, he'll be a four year starter at a school like Carmel, so you know he's pretty good yeah. if you're uh, if you're starting as a freshman down there at that type of school. Yeah. Do you have like five more minutes? We got a, a couple more questions. Yep. yep. You good? Yep. Whatever you need. We, we 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 have, we have a couple mailbag questions. Where we have, so I asked some some of our friends uh, that I, I said that we we're going to talk today, and so they came we came back with a few questions from various. Various friends, some of which are the people that got us united here today. Um, okay. I think Jackson's got the first one here about uh, about the SAC. Okay. What makes the SAC unique when comparing it to other conferences around the state? Is it as good as my dad said it is? Says it is. <laughs> uh, it, it is. It is pretty good. Um, now I'm not saying it's as strong as what it was, you know, back when your dad played. Um, there, there's always times when, it, when it, you know, when it was, and when it, uh, you know, the type of players, you know, Keon uh, Brooks Jr., who's playing at Kentucky, um, you know, just a few years ago, we played them at their place. I think we were four and zero, they were four and zero, and just a, a heck of a basketball game. Um, but a, a lot of good players come through the SAC. They get you ready. Uh, the physicality is there with all the teams. Uh, some of the teams has dropped off compared to what it was back in the 90s. I mean, I remember, you know, the Waynes and the South Side, the North Side. I mean, all those teams. I mean, it was a gauntlet to, to try to get through there. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 you know it, it, go, it comes around, goes around. You know that, uh, Howie. Uh, sometimes, you know, the players are there. Sometimes they're not. And, 
but I, I think it is a very good conference, one of the best in the, in the state for, you know, football and basketball especially. What's the best Fort Wayne team you've ever coached against? Ooh, man, that's a tough question. Um, the toughest. Gosh. I mean, there are a lot of good teams and good games. I mean, but to be able to say, I mean, uh, that that Southside team back in 96, um, I mean, uh, those those were some tough games. Like I said before, with Cam Stevens, who went on and played at Purdue, and, and Cooper and Reese, and I'm trying to think who the other – they they were a very good ball club uh, back then. Uh, you know, Northside had some great teams. I mean, back in the 95, when I first got there, you know, that team went to the semi-state uh, with Keon Brooks uh, Sr. in that group. Um, you know, those are the ones I, you know, remember, uh, you know, first starting out, you know, could these teams match up with those types of teams today? You know, I, I guess we'll never know. Um, yeah. but you know, those, those are some of the teams that I remember that, uh, were just very, very difficult games, uh, when we went in and played. Yeah. So I played, I played baseball and basketball in high school and, AAU was was around and was a thing. I'm not trying to, to date myself that far back, but I feel like right now with AAU competing in the spring directly with baseball, probably it feels like more so than it ever has. How hard is it for a kid that wants to play college basketball and still play baseball? How hard is it to do that with those two competing, baseball competing with the same schedule as AAU? Well, um, I, I mean, I think it's good for high school kids to play multi-sport or be a multi-sport athlete. I mean, I, I would never discourage that. One of the things that I would say though, if, if, if you would ever decide to put the, you just can't put a basketball away now for months in and still think you can come back and be and play at the high level, uh, like a, a homestead. Now, you know, I'm not here to downplay small schools, but I'm sure at smaller schools, you're able to get away with something like that. If you're just a very good athlete um, to be able to play three sports, you just don't see very many kids nowadays to play three. Uh, You see a lot playing two. um, And I do see that. I, I stay away from them during, you know, football season. Or baseball season, I you know I, I'll talk to them and say hi to them, but we don't allow them to come in and and shoot and do all of that stuff. That's on their own. But in the summertime, the expectations are if you're a multi-sport athlete to get it figured out. To where, and I'm very fortunate that I have uh, you know great coaches, uh, you know from the football end of it, baseball end of it. Uh, they understand the importance of being a multi-sport athlete to share your athletes. And we try to uh, get our times away from one another to where kids can do both. And on, on the other end, not go nuts with it. You know, I know there's a rule now with how many days a week you can play, but back at one time, I mean, you could, uh, you know, play all five days of the week. None of us would do that, you know, to a kid. And and we understand that, you know, they have to be able to be a, a kid also, go on vacation, do that type of stuff. And we understand that. And I, I think that that's what we try to look for. Is it difficult? I'd say yes, it is. It, it's tough. But, you know, there are still kids out there that are able to move on and play um, and, and go and play. You know, Ben Skronik played basketball for me. He is uh, now playing in the NFL. Uh, football um, uh, with the Rams uh, this year. So uh, he was part of that state team back in 2015. He decided uh, mm-hmm. when he became um, a senior not to play uh, basketball his senior year. And that's the same way with then Luke Goody. Luke Goody would have probably been a Division One quarterback if he wanted to be. Uh, instead, he stuck with basketball. He played his, uh, football his junior year, played basketball, of course, his junior year. And then his senior year, he decided not to play football and uh, just concentrate on basketball. And now he's at the University of Illinois playing basketball. Um, but he could have been very easily you know, a big-time football player if he wanted to go that route too. 
so I don't know if that answered your question, Howie, off of that. Is it, is it difficult? I'd say it's difficult, but the ones that you know want to be able to do it, the ones that are talented enough, uh, the big time schools are going to find them because they, they know that they can compete at that level. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, one last question from Jackson. We'll let you get going. Okay. All right. So if you could go back in time and tell the 1995 version of yourself one thing, what would it be? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know, Jackson. Why would that be? And we, and we don't mean in life in general. We just mean coaching, mm-hmm. Coach. We don't need to go too deep uh, <laughs> on this one. We try to keep it most of sports. I feel like I've, I've grown. I, I don't think that I was a uh, an in-your-face screamer. I, I believe in discipline. I believe in, in kids doing the right thing. We're, we're in the business to try to help kids not only uh, become a, a good person or a smart person educationally, but to you know also become a good person, a good father, a good whatever that may be. That's our job as, as role models. And, and that's what we always try to teach to where it's important to get the class on time. It's important to get your grades. If you want to be a part of this team, these are the things that you have to do. And, you know, it, it may not be for everybody. Um, but, uh, you know, anything that I would change, I don't know if there would be anything that I would change. Um, I feel like I've calmed down in my old age a little bit. But maybe, you know, that's part of just getting older and a little bit more mature. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I would change anything uh, with how I try to do things. Um, I try to do things the right way. Uh, you know, I'm sure that not every parent out there thinks that I do things the right way. But I try to treat everybody with respect, try to get kids to understand that, the importance of uh, team, the importance of making the right basketball play. And that's the way I've always tried to treat, you know, everybody. And, uh, you know, even when I was a player, you know, I, I try to treat it that way. To feel, and, and that's the same way when I'm because I'm a disciplinarian. I treat kids as I would want my kids, myself to be treated. And I, I try to do that from the, the, the basketball end of it. Also, you know, you hear a lot of times, well, you know, he'll yank him out for making a mistake. I try not to when a kid makes a mistake to ever yank somebody because I don't want to ever discourage uh, them from, you know, putting forth the effort. But if they continue to make the same mistake, then, you know, you got to get them out. But, you know, you try not to wear, get kids to where they play scared. Um, I don't know if that answered your question as far as what I would change. I, I don't know if there would be anything, Howie and Jackson, if I, I would change anything um, with when I started. I, I, I guess the, the one thing to go back, I, I, would, I would probably – uh, I've tried to hook on as a grad assistant and become a college coach. And I, and I, I guess that's the one thing that I wish I would have done differently. Um, because who knows, you know, what would have happened if you would have hooked on with the right person rather than making yeah. $8,000 a year coaching high school basketball, you know, you may be somewhere where you're making a million and a half to $2 million a year. If you would have, uh, you know, hooked on with somebody and then got fortunate enough and lucky enough to get with a, a, a college. It's not too late. Well, it is. Uh, it, it's too late. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not moving anywhere. My kids just moved back to Fort Wayne. Um, you know, I've got five grandkids. Uh, I probably have another three and a half years left of, of, of doing everything. And then after that, I'm hoping to be able just to, uh, enjoy life go see your buddies the beasley family and maybe you guys uh you and jackson and your family come over and we'll go boating and skiing one day if, if the beasleys would ever invite us to uh, to do that really fun actually so we're probably gonna end it here coach so just gonna say thanks for having you on the pod and see ya Spend my days with a woman unkind Smoke my stuff and drink All my wine Made up my mind Make a new start Going to California with an aching In my heart
Someone told me there's a girl out there With love in her eyes and flowers in her hair Chances on a big jet plane Never let them tell you that we're all, all the same Oh, the sea was red and the sky was gray What it had tomorrow could ever follow today Mountains and the canyon start to tremble and shake The children and the sun begin Myself, it's not as hard, hard, hard as it seems. 